Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, your host, and in August 2021, my whole life changed. I was in a road accident which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, two knee surgeries, and learning how to walk again in my 20s. My journey took me on a physical, emotional, and mental roller coaster, and I was broken and lost in every way. But then I learned I had the ability to change my own life and write my own story. So join me as I share powerful life stories, exploring the power of resilience and perseverance. Sometimes we are confronted with unexpected challenges and moments that defeat us. And it's during these dark times we question everything and lose who we are. But the human spirit possesses an immense strength that allows us to rise above the darkest moments and find the courage to rebuild our lives in unexpected and extraordinary ways. So leap into the deep end with us and head straight into the things that scare you the most. The hardest step is the first one, but once you take it, you're already one step ahead of yesterday and closer to everything you have ever dreamt of. I realized I was physically alive and breathing, but on the inside feeling dead, explains Maureen Sharphouse. Maureen has faced the challenges of living with daily pain and a debilitating, incurable neurological disorder for the past 35 years. Her journey has granted her invaluable insights and wisdom, publishing a book titled Unhackable Soul, the 30-day elixir for reigniting the light within a self-help book with a mission to rise up from a life dictated by pain and illness to one fueled by enthusiasm and purpose. So how has Maureen learned to wake up and feel alive, to feel the fire and light within herself, and how words can be so powerful? So how are you? I'm good today, thank you. Um, Yeah, very well. The sun is shining here in Scotland, so all is good. Very nice, very nice. Whereabouts in Scotland are you? I live in a small village called Nilithor, which is just outside Kinross, very near Loch Leven in Scotland. So about an hour north of Edinburgh, um, and a really, really very pretty nice. bit with, you know, Scottish hillside and loch visible from my garden. So really beautiful. One thing about Scotland, actually, interestingly enough, is I don't think people realise how beautiful it is. I mean, I sometimes don't even realize how beautiful it is. And then I see photographs and videos online and especially around kind of the, uh, you know, in the mountains and places like that, you could be anywhere in the world and you kind of forget that it's It's beautiful, you know, and especially when we get the sunshine, but, you know, we do get a lot of rain and a lot of cold as well. (laughs) Well, it's it's the United Kingdom. Yeah, it is. Perfect. So obviously today we're going to go all into your story. We're going to talk about the book Mm -hmm. as well. But what I want to do first is just kind of go back a bit and kind of just see, you know, what resonates with you the most in your past and kind of who, you know, where and how and when it kind of brought you to who you are today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I am, I'm 67 this year. So, and I'm a wife and a mum and a granny. We've got 10 grandchildren between us, my husband and I. So, so yeah, and um, so I guess today I'm very much somebody who embraces life and family life, um, as well as my coaching business and as well as my real love for helping people who live with chronic illness and pain. Um, I was brought up in Dunfermline in Fife, so about only about 20 minutes from where I live now, actually, and mm-hmm. did really well at school, went to Glasgow University, got a degree in music and drama, um, quite an accomplished pianist. I started working as an actress and a singer and also even a magician's assistant, believe it or not. (laughs) I used to get locked in trunks and uh, suspended in the air on swords and cut my middle out. And yeah, and that was kind of where I started after university, full of 
big dreams and goals of, yeah, the world is, you know, this massive place and I can go and do what I want to do. And um, anyway, I got um, horrendous stage fright after a horrible comment somebody once made uh, in a working men's club that I was working in the Midlands that I'd gone to just for a weekend. And it really got to me and it kind of shows the power of the mind as in your thoughts on replay. When you start replaying thoughts in your mind, you start to believe it. And my confidence took a big dip at that stage. So I kind of left acting and singing and started raising a family, went into teaching and really was doing okay until I was about 30. And I went on holiday to Mexico and unfortunately got a really, really severe infection when I was there. And ended up uh, in hospital. Um, I was pregnant at the time. I lost the baby. Um, Ended up in hospital for several days. And from there on in, my health, my physical health, really took a bit of a dive. I started with real neurological problems and pain and walking as if I was a drunk and slurring speech. And an infection that just wouldn't go. I ended up having a hysterectomy the year later, and I was only 31 at the time. And from then on in, my physical health was never great, and they could never really get to the bottom of it. They said it was perhaps, um, it was ME initially, it was a result of the infection, which they think is a botulinum infection. They then thought I had multiple sclerosis, and I actually went on up to 1998, I'm still trying to work and raise a family. And I got too ill to work. My health challenges were getting more and more severe. And I was actually clinically diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1998 and ended up really having a life that revolved around carers, that revolved around people coming to help me get up and dressed and bathed. And from 98 to about 2002, that was very much my life in the four walls of my front room. And it was a real defining moment in 27th of November 2002, when I realised I was physically alive and breathing, but on the inside, feeling dead. It was really the point when I dug deep to get back up. Um, I remember just sitting, looking at the four walls of my front room. It was nine o'clock in the morning. It was still dark outside. Carers had been in. They'd bathed me, dressed me, dumped me in a chair, the usual chair beside the fireplace in my front room, put a cup of milky tea beside me and gone. And I was going to be sitting there probably for nine or ten hours, um, just with perhaps my mother coming in uh, to take me in my wheelchair for a little while or a carer to pop in and check I was okay uh, until my husband at the time and kids would come in at night um, and in and fly back out to do other things. And that had become my life. Um, very disabled, um, relying on carers. Friends had gone because once you can't join in in the same way, you soon find who your friends are. Work colleagues had all gone and my life revolved around flitting around the TV channels um, and literally uh, painkillers at my side. And it was that real moment of, oh my 
goodness, if I don't do something different, nothing's going to change. And it was a real moment that is so firmly imprinted in my mind that I know the date, I know the time. Even talking to you, I can see it. I feel as if I'm there. That was how vivid it was. And it was as real. I was 46 years old at the time. I felt I hadn't lived. And I was so aware that I had maybe 30, 40 years of the same existence. And if I didn't take ownership, then how was I going to move forward? Because, you know, the doctors didn't have the answers for me. I had a severe neurological disorder and a lot of physical challenges. I had to have bladder surgery, bowel surgery. You know, I now live on liquids. I mean, I don't even eat solid food um, because my gut doesn't work. And I had so many, you know, all my conversations were around pain and illness and disability. So so really from 2002 to where I am now has been a real journey of getting back up from a very, very, very dark place, really turning my life around. And on that journey, um, really discovering who I am training as a life coach, life mindset coach, an NLP master practitioner, learning mindfulness, meditation techniques, visualization techniques, really moving forwards to live a life of joy again, despite my physical health challenges, which have progressed. You know, I am a wheelchair user outside. I live on liquids. I have a stroma bag um, for my bowels. I catheterize my bladder. I have a lot of physical health challenges and I have what they class as multi-site, multi-system CRPS, uh, complex regional pain syndrome, which is very rare and especially to the extent I have it. And it's dubbed the suicide disease um, because the pain levels as they're on the McGill pain index are registered as higher than amputation of a finger or toe without anaesthetic or childbirth you know, without preparation. So I have a huge amount of physical challenges, living constant pain. You know, I haven't had a pain-free day for 36 years. But on the inside, I feel vibrantly alive. My soul is well, my spirit is well. And, you know, I'm very much, um, it's been a long journey to get here. And But now I am, you know, I'm not my physical body. I'm not my self-limited mind. I am soul. I am spirit. I am Maureen. I'm who I am within. And that allows me to know that I can handle whatever life brings me. And no matter what challenges or no matter how dark the night, the birds, they always sing in the morning. And I'll always be able to get back up and I'll always be able to get through a day. And yeah, I still go to dark places sometimes. But the difference is I have the tools, the strategies, the practices in place. And this real core, core foundation of mental resilience and of being soul and spirit well, that I know that I can, you know, move from that place. And, you know, that even the bad and the worst moments, they all pass. They all pass. But when we've got the tools to handle those, we can live a life of joy. You know, it's not solely for people who are physically fully fit and healthy. I mean, that's uh, 
I mean, everything you just said is is incredible. Um, and I think that this is a thing as well for somebody that might be listening. They'll sit here and they'll say, well, how can you, I wouldn't say go from one extreme to the other, but how can you, I mean, how how can you go from, you know, everything that was happening to feeling mm-hmm. like that? And it's interesting you say about the tools because the tools are incredibly important. But then where kind of where did you start when you were looking for the tools? Because if there is somebody that's in a similar position now and they're listening, they're going to think, well, where did you start? So kind of what would you say your first step in this was? It was, to be honest, it was a, it's been a long, long journey and it is not easy. And I will never sugarcoat it to anyone um, who is living a life with a chronic illness and chronic pain because it's not been an easy journey and it isn't an easy journey. But you have to start somewhere. And there isn't one fix. It's a whole mixture of lots of things, of sparking that joy for life again and that enthusiasm for life again and putting your pain to purpose. But it was quite funny because the day that I kind of made that enough is enough kind of meltdown moment when I realised how low I'd gone. You know, I went to bed that night feeling quite powerful and strong and, oh, my goodness, I'm going to turn my life around. I woke up the next morning feeling completely stupid and weak. You know, I shriveled. You know, I I shrank and, you know, into myself again. And I shuffled to the mirror and I looked at myself and there was a hollow-eyed lady staring back at me, a bag of bones, dishevelled. And I thought, who's I to think that I could turn my life around? And I remember thinking I'd maybe over-medicated the day before. You know, I thought, oh, my God, I've taken too many painkillers. I've had too many things. This is stupid. But in that moment, I looked into that lady's eyes in the mirror at my dressing table. And I really connected with that. And I actually reached into the drawer of the dressing table I was sitting at. And I took out a lip gloss and I put some on. And that was my first step. And it was like saying, you're worth it, girl. Put value on you. Put value on your life. Take ownership. Because no matter how I felt the day before and that decision and me going, enough is enough, you know, I'm I'm going to turn my life around. If I didn't take the action, nothing would happen. And my first step, and I would encourage anyone listening, it doesn't matter how small that step is, because I get that it's a huge chasm to jump from a very dark place to crack the light in, to let that light in and reignite the light within you. And I get that. But the small steps add up. And for me, that first step was simply putting the lipstick on, lip gloss on, looking in the mirror. And it was like this, you're worth it, girl. And I'm still a lip gloss girl. <laughs> you know, I'm 20, 20 odd years later after that incident. And it's like my family, my kids, my grandkids all know, you know, if I'm on a day without lip gloss, oh, granny's not feeling great today. We need to, <laughs> we need to keep an eye on her. <laughs> But from there, yeah, it was very much about really having to face where I was, face the reality of my situation and take ownership of, I can't just expect doctors to fix me. I can't expect others to have the answers. I have to take ownership of how I respond to my circumstances. 
whilst I maybe can't change the physical side of things, I can respond in a different way. And from there on, you know, I very much went into, you know, I still do a lot of hydrotherapy and physiotherapy at the time. I explored lots of complementary therapies, different treatments. But the biggest thing was actually looking at my own life and going, what is actually my life about? And how can I bring more joy in my life? And how can I start dissipating and eliminating all these things in my life that are draining, that are taking away from me? So it's like really looking to get the more positive inputs and diminishing the negative. And in amongst that journey, um, you know, I left a very long term marriage because I realized that for me to get the best chance for my body's natural healing mechanisms to be able to kickstart and allow me to love it, I had to kind of eliminate all the stressful things in my life. And one of them on that journey was actually being very brave and leaving a 28-year-old marriage because it wasn't fulfilling for me and it was quite stressful. And I thought, I have to do all I can to eliminate the stress and to really discover what makes me tick, what lights me up. And despite the physical challenges I have, what does my body need from me to help it help me best to live and embrace life? You know, and I still ask those questions today. You know, I still every morning I speak to my body. What do you need from me today to help me help you help me best? I say it to my mind. What do you need from me today so that you, I help you, you know, I help you help me best. And I say it to my soul and I say it to my spirit. So it's not about what can they give me. It's about what can I give to them? What do they need from me to help me allow myself to actually show up fully to my day? Uh, and to embrace the life as fully as I can in the way that I can. I think something that on kind of what you were talking about just now, it's really interesting because when you maybe get to that stage of feeling that it's, you know, I've had mm-hmm. enough and it's time to change, that's almost kind of the moment where, I mean, it, it's it's very different for everybody, but it can almost be a moment where you actually don't know your own strength until that moment. Yeah. And everyone always thinks that they might not be strong enough. They, they, I hear it a lot. I'm not strong enough to do X, Y, Z, but I think every, or not, not, I think I know everybody has that strength inside them. Sometimes it does take things to push it out further, but people don't know their own strength until sometimes they're forced to do it. But then, you know, things that can happen afterwards are just, you know, taking control of your own life and, and, oh. and, and doing all those kind of things, even leaving a 28 year old marriage. That's, hard but it's it's strength yeah. and the strength comes out of you when you need oh, it oh absolutely and I think it really is about you know it comes from our darkest places sometimes you're absolutely right you know it's when we're at our lowest of our lows and in the darkest of the dark and in the bottom of the abyss and when we dig deep that's when our biggest learnings come that's when our strength emerges that's when we tap into this and we're all so much stronger and so much more capable um, of doing things than we'll ever know. And it's incredible what you can achieve. And I say to everybody, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't need to know everything as to how you're going to do it. But what you do need to do is start somewhere. And you all you need to do is go one next best step at a time. 
And sometimes you might go three forward and you might take five back, but that's okay. You know, there's a wonderful saying that, you know, we don't drown by falling in the water. We drown by staying there. (laughs) So, you know, it's about, yeah, it's okay. You know, sometimes we're going to have those bad days or we're going to take the step back. But actually, it's only if we're going to stay there that it's going to stop us from moving on. But yeah, we all are so strong. And but I do think you're absolutely right. It sometimes takes those lowest of lows and the darkest nights to actually really give you that. If I don't do something, nothing's going to change and I'm going to dig deep and somehow I'm going to rise from within. And to me, it's very much about this rising up to embrace life again. Um, which is very much the message from my book, you know, that I wrote, Unhackable Soul. It's about this rising up from this darkness and this dark place with lots of strategies and practices and, you know, ways forward so that you can show up fully to life again and embrace life fully, despite what challenges you may have. Yeah, and I think, like you were saying, it's incredibly important for anybody listening and and, and anybody you know, anybody on their journey that they can see, you know, people that are positive and happy and living life, you know, to, 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 to their greatest dreams and their greatest abilities. But it is so important to note that I'm sure everyone's having a bad day every once in a while, because that is life. And, you know, what you see and what you hear might only be positive things sometimes. But, and I think this is, this is what I'm doing with, you know, with, I got back up is to show people that, you know, things can be great things can be amazing but it is okay if things slip you know occasionally because that 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 is life and it's you know Mm -hmm. that that's what life is it is a journey and it is a roller coaster and it is up and down but like you were saying don't stay down for too long because that's when you know if you're swimming you know don't stay down for too long because you do have the ability in any way shape or form however suits you best to to get through what it is. Um, That's the thing with your book, which I actually have a copy here and I was just looking at it and you were talking about rising and you have the bookmark, which if anybody can see the bookmark and the bookmark says rise and it says be the light. Yeah. And I love that because it is being the light. Um, And your book, which is called Unhackable Soul. Yeah. When kind of, when did you start writing that then? Oh, that's as a journey in itself. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, it's one next best step yeah. at a time. I actually started, it, it's the culmination of about seven years of work, of which I stopped and started so many times. And, you know, I I knew I had this, I mean, I always wanted to write a book. As a child, I always thought I'm going to write a book. So it was always something. But when I kind of managed to turn my life around and realise life is precious and despite the physical challenges, despite what's going on, um, you know, we can still fully embrace life. And I wanted to start showing up to people and I started to write the book and for quite a long time, it didn't feel right and it didn't feel comfortable. And I'll be honest, the perfectionist in me got the better of me. So it was like I was trying to be the perfectionist and trying to be clever. And anyway, it took me to park it. I stopped and started several times and stopped and walked away from it and just went to not be. And then the actual writing the book, again, I started from scratch about 
a year, 15 months before I actually published the book. So in that year, 15 months, I started from complete scratch again. And I decided just to allow myself to write what wanted to be written. To stop trying to be clever, to stop trying to, you know, be the perfectionist over things and just to speak from my heart. And the way I did it and the difference that made the difference was I wrote it to the woman I was 20 years ago. And I put myself in that place of who I was and that place I was in of being in this such a dark place, in this small, restricted world without the answers, without the help. So I wrote the book that I wish I had had available to me 20 years previously. And once I started just homing into that and sitting down every day and writing to that lady, what I wanted to share with her, what I wanted to know, what I wanted her to know, and all the steps to do it, then the writing flowed. And then the book came together. And then as well, you know, it was my belief in my book as in, this is a message, a, a message I'm here to share. And if I can be the light, to other people as they rise they're going to be the light to others too so so yeah the, the book in itself was a journey but a real spiritual journey as well as you know the practical sides of writing a book but the difference that made the difference was not about I want to write a book it was about I want to help that lady and all who are like her and all who find themselves in that similar position of in that dark world of pain and illness to actually know that life can still be precious. And here are the steps you can take. Here are how you can do this. Because I, I'm, you know, I'm the same as you. I'm still there, but I'm a step ahead of you. And this is what I want to share with you because I've learned and know. So that really is where the book came from. So what are a couple of topics then, if you kind of want to share... You know, a little bit then, a little bit more about the book. What, what, what are the kind of the topics that you do discuss? Yeah. Well, the book is very much, and I think it's very important to say to people, it is not about, it's a medical fix. It's not about saying to you, read my book, follow the steps I give you, and you're going to be fixed or cured. Because with the best will in the world, we can get ourselves mentally in an amazing place. We can let go of past trauma that's happened to us. We can eat the best nutrition. We can do the exercise we're able to do. We can live a life filled with joy and fueled by joy and still have physical challenges. Our physical body is not always going to 100% heal. And I think so. I don't want anybody reading my book thinking this is a medical fix or cure because it's not. But what I'm saying to people is if you can get the rest of you in place so that emotionally and mentally and a soul level and spiritual level, you're in a good place, you're going to give your body its best chance for its natural healing mechanisms to kick in. And it's also going to allow you to embrace life fully as a soul alive, despite what physical challenges are still there. So again, my book, it's a 30-day journey. We call it a 30-day elixir. And it's got practical and spiritual assignments every day. She has a lot of my story. Um, but it's about, for the reader, there's a lot of self-reflective questions. There's a lot of exercises. And it's really about these 
30 days. It's it's sharing how I turned my life around step by step. Not so much the practical, you know, I did this and I did that, but the change inside, how I worked on me inside and at a soul, spirit, mental level. And it's the same fundamental principles that I live my life by now. You know, they are so core rooted in me. My book shares like the fundamental principles that allow me to live a full life and to have a deep inner peace and to feel joy and to be happy despite the fact I have severe physical challenges and pain. Um, So, yeah, it's a real step-by-step journey, my book. It's about taking the reader's hand from that very dark place and taking them step by step by step by step. And it's, you know, it's a 30-day. They can do it a day at a time if they want. I've heard people say they read the whole lot in one sitting because they just want to know the next bit. And then they go back and just open it up and dip back in. You know, so it's in very consumable chunks. Um, And I did that on purpose because when you live with pain and illness, you don't sometimes have that ability um, at a functional level to sit and read screeds and screeds or to sort of work your way through lots of text. Um, so I really tried to keep it in a way which was very much how, when I was really in a dark place and very ill all those years ago, that would have helped me, you know, having those small bits and that real step by step. So, and it's very much about, you know, there's a lot of mindset hacks. There's, you know, the power of the mind is hugely important. What we put in affects what we put out. <laughs> And the more you kind of speak or say, I'm disabled, I'm in pain, the more you're going to feel disabled and in pain. There's a lot of mindset hacks in the book, as in if you hear yourself going, you know, I would love to come to the party, but I'm too tired. If you flip your butt and go, I am tired, but I want to go to the party. It's a very different scenario. So, you know, I share very simple things like that, you know, like flip your butt, whatever, because the bit, the first part, the butt negates it, you know, so you have to flip it round, you know, I would do that, but I'm disabled. I'm disabled, but I want to do that, you know, and you'll find a way. And the same as, you know, if you say, oh, I've been too tired to do that. If you insert the words up until now before it, you go, well, up until now. I've been too tired to do that. Then you're opening your you're opening the door for your brain to see the possibility of something different. So there's mindset hacks in the book. There's visualization techniques so that you can change the perception of how your mind sees the pain. There's simple things like making over the environment you're in most of the time. You know, I'm in my office at home at the moment, and I am surrounded here by positive inputs. And that is a very conscious thing that I have done. And I have um, lots of different things. I've got positive quotes and images all around me and lots of little things that are meaningful to me. But, you know, here I have this on my desk and it actually says, don't think it complicates things. Just feel. And if it feels like home, follow the path. So to me, it's like, don't think and overanalyze it. 
feel? How does this feel to me? Oh, I'm going to work it out and I'm going to follow the path and I'll figure it out on the way. I have stone bird. That's to remind me that no matter how dark the night, the birds always sing in the morning. And that keeps me going. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I might have had a rough night, but if the birds can sing in the morning, so can I. And I have a robin on my desk because the robins always choose to sing in the evening. And the robins, once they've done their day's work, they go to, and they find a place and they sing at night. And that reminds me in the evening to look back on my day and say thank you and be grateful for the good stuff in my day. And then the other thing I have is, uh, you know, I'm quite a spiritual person. You know, my beliefs don't just, um, they're not just based on Christianity. There's about Buddha, there's all sorts. I'm quite spiritual. This reminds me inner pieces in me. So that again is something which I touch on in my book about look at the environment you live in that you surround yourself with. What around you is polish, you know, positive and nourishing inputs. And which ones are draining or taken away? And, you know, if I look back to that lady I was in that November morning, I was sitting within the four walls of my front room every morning and every every day. And it was dull and it was dreary and it was dark and the blinds were half shut and there was nothing positive there. You know, and every conversation I had with anybody was about pain or illness. So, you know, it's about what you put in and the people you mix with you need to mix with people who feel like sunshine to you that encourage you that support you that hold you in that safe place when you're feeling down and allow you to rise and lift again so so yeah my book shares so many different things but it's all about the inside work it's about the inside work and Instead of living in a restricted world, it's about you beginning to expand your world again. So you're doing the inner work on you, um, really helping people find that joy and inner peace and getting them to know who they are again and seeing their real strengths. And then from there about how can you move forward into the world and actually serve your unique purpose on earth? You know, because I believe we're all here on earth for a reason. And every morning I wake up, I remind myself of that. You know, every morning I wake up, I kind of go, well, well, I'm still here. So my job on earth is not yet done. And again, at the end of the day, I define success. You know, I have quite a successful business, a coaching and mentoring business. And very much do a lot of writing, a lot of speaking. But to me, I define success in terms of, did I make a difference in someone's life today? Not about how many clients have I got or how much is an income or, you know, it's none of that. For me, it's about, did I make a difference in someone's life today? And am I, have I looked after myself, soul and spirit well? Have I done things that have sparked joy in me today? So it's about that real, um, you know, perspective. It's about perspective of how you view things and that choice. We don't always choose what happens to us. You know, accidents happen, illnesses happen, people can make redundant, you can lose loved ones. Things happen. That is real life. And it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay, you know, we, we're human. We need to allow ourselves to live our life with our senses open and feel what we feel. However, 
we need to also have the tools and the practices and the strategies in place so that we don't stay in the darkness when we're in it and we don't live in the darkness indefinitely or for long extended periods. We need to know that we have those tools to, you know, really reignite that light in us when we need it and really to keep that light burning and to really be able to live that legacy on earth you're proud of. You know, for me, I want to get to the end of my days and look back and go, well, do you know what? I made a difference whilst I was here and I did my best. And yeah, so it's very much about, I, I, I just love to help others realise how amazing and awesome they are when they dig deep. And that's a real blessing and a gift for me. And to be able to turn everything that I've gone through in my life, and obviously we've only touched on it today, what's happened in my life. But to take all of that and to now have all the learnings I've learned from that, and I continue to learn and grow, but to be able to share that with others so that they maybe don't have to go through to the same extent that I did, then that's an awesome legacy for me to be living and it's like an awesome gift and you know for me to be able to reignite the light in others and see that real joy in their eyes coming back again you know and I understand what it's like to look in somebody's eyes and they're dead because I was there and to be able to see somebody come alive that is just amazing amazing thing to do so it's I'm very passionate about the right work I do and my book and the work I do but I'm passionate about life and about family and about, you know, I, I am I on my second marriage now and I have an amazing, wonderful husband I adore. <laughs> We've been together 14 years. And again, you know, if I hadn't been brave enough to, in those years gone by in that dark place, if I hadn't been brave enough to take the steps to move on and to really look at my life and go, all these things that are adding into stress or negativity or my darkness I need to take ownership of and if I hadn't had that courage to do that and to leave a very long-term marriage at that stage I wouldn't be where I am now you know so we have to take ownership of our life and really take ownership of what is it that makes us tick what is it that makes us happy and how can we go about getting that in our lives and living a life on values that are important to us um yeah so it is about the the journey has been long and it's been difficult but without that would I be where I am now with this deep-rooted peace and contentment and joy in the circumstances I'm in which are really challenging that's, I guess that's for you to decide <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's really interesting is when you use the word passionate, because while you were discussing all of that, all I could think was, I can see the passion in you. I, I, I could see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. And obviously for anybody that's listening that can't, phys yeah. you know, they can't yeah. see what I'm talking about, that, that there was so much passion in, in every single way that you described that. I could see it all over your mm -hmm. face. And you can see that what you are doing and how you are helping people and, and how you are giving people hope, you are so passionate about. And it's so incredible to see that because obviously it's something that you've been through or going yeah. through. And yet this is what you want to do. Yeah. And, and passion is authentic. And you can yeah. see the authenticity 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. I actually, I was awarded um, the Scotland Prestige Award Co- Life Coach of the Year, uh, twenty twenty two and twenty three, and the when you're talking about passion and being authentic, that was actually um, what the judges had said when they awarded me the award was they. It was because of my realness and authenticity that that was what made the difference. And it was just like, you know, that was what they really were, were sort of honouring was my realness and authenticity. And I think that's, you know, I take great pride in the results I help my clients bring. They do the work. You know, I'm just the catalyst. I'm just the one that holds a safe space and asks the questions that need to be asked and hold that space and help them with the tools and strategies. But I think, you know, what really helps is I am authentic and I am real and I'm not afraid to share my vulnerability. And I understand, I get my clients at a deep level because I've been in the darkness. I've been in a place where I don't know the next steps forward. I've been in a place when all I can see is a bleak, bleak future with nothing different. And I've been in that scary place of, oh my goodness, this is how my life is if I don't do something different and not knowing how. So to be able to help people take steps is... Yeah, I mean, it puts my pain to purpose, I guess. You know, as well as firing that passion in me, it's about I'm putting everything I'm going through to purpose whilst I'm here. I love that. I love that. And then with all of that in mind, what's uh, what's a piece of advice that you would give to somebody then that they haven't taken that first step? So, you know, we were talking about the lipstick earlier and things like that, but you know, and it, it is hard to crack into the light. It is hard to get that glimmer of hope. So what would you say to somebody that is at that very beginning and they haven't yet taken that first step yet? What, what would you say? I, the very first step really is to actually be very brave and face your reality. To actually, rather than deny so many people, and I've been there, you know, you try and deny what's happening to you. You try to block it out. You try to minimize, you know, the, what the impact you tell yourself it's not happening or you get this at the other extreme, you fight and you battle and you fight and you battle against it. And actually fighting always feels like fighting and a battle always feels like battle. And if you deny and block and try and kid yourself on that something's not going on for you, it's never, ever go. You're never going to deal with it in a way that you can move forwards. So I would say the very first step for anyone is you have to be brave and you have to get real with yourself and you have to face the reality of your situation that you are in right here right now you're not the person you were before five years ago 10 years ago whatever you are who you're not the person you're going to be in five years 10 years time you are who you are now these are your circumstances you have now get clear on what they are and then from there you need to work out how to stop getting in your own way of crafting change positive and meaningful change and you have to allow something different to enter your mind as being possible you know my step in that front room in 2002 in that darkness was actually if I don't do something different nothing's going to change but in that moment I allowed myself that glimpse of seeing something different because I could see my future as nothing's going to change and this bleak future. But I took the ownership and just started to imagine, well, what if? 
And so you need to face where you are and then you need to stop getting in your way of convincing yourself nothing can be different because there is always something you can do. Absolutely always. And you don't have to have all the answers, but you need to take the first step of getting real with yourself and acknowledging that you're not happy with your life where it is right here, right now, and that you're in that dark place. And you need to reach out for support if you need it. You know, I say to everybody, I mean, reach out with to me, anyone who's listening or watching this, you know, go to my website, MaureenSharpest.com. There's a page called Get Inspired and there's lots of free downloadable resources there. Don't even need to give me your name and email address. There's lots. You click a button and they're there for you. Connect with me on social media. Reach out, you know, reach out to people. And again, you need to start really looking at what you feed in your mind, the messages you feed in your mind and really start flipping those around So you have to get very real with what you're feeding yourself because your thoughts on replay become your beliefs. And those beliefs we often start believing are set in stone and cannot change. And what I would say to people is you need to challenge what you're believing about yourself because actually it may not be set in stone. So you need to challenge that and you need to shed the labels, any medical labels you've been given Stop putting importance on them because as soon as you put the importance on the label, you're putting restrictions on yourself because you're starting believing maybe the prognosis you've been told, the image that goes with that label. So you need to start connecting with who you are and really take ownership of what you feed your mind, the actions you take. And if you change your thoughts, you'll change how you feel. When you change how you feel, It'll change the actions you do not or do not take and it'll change the outcome. So it's very much about trying to interrupt any negative thoughts, feelings, actions, outcomes and interrupting them and replacing them with something that serves you much better. Bit by bit, one next best step at a time. And I think that's kind of the key message, isn't it? It's, it is step yeah. by step. It's one step at a time. And it doesn't matter how big or small the step is, even if, this, even if the step is teeny tiny, that teeny tiny step is still a step in the right direction. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's two, three, four forward or, and then one, yeah. two back, you're still going forward, even with that, you know, in inverted commas, yeah. step back, I believe. Yeah. Um, and what I really liked from what you were saying was about uh, reversing the butt, because I mean, I, I've learned that just now talking to you, uh, reversing yeah. the butt. And you're so right, because we all, you know, we all fall victim to doing it where we say we're going to do something. Oh, but I'm <laughs> tired today. Or, but I'm this today. No, I do it as well. And, and it's interesting because sometimes when I, I notice I'm saying something and then I say, oh, but I'm tired. I stop myself and I say, no, Talia, don't, yeah. don't do that. Don't say that. because yeah. you, no, I now but, I'm going to start living it. Yeah, I am tired, but I want to do that today. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as yeah. you've done that, the first bit's negated and your brain will start looking yeah. for the ways to do it. You know, it's like suddenly yeah. you've got this different way of feeling and thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, flip your butt. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and the thing is, it, it's, you know, doesn't matter how many times you you do it and it doesn't matter how many personal development books you read or how hard you work on yourself and how many practices you have in place you will still on occasion 
get in your own way. You know, I still do it. I'll still on some days go, oh, but, but you have to, it's about that awareness of what you're doing and that awareness of, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, so you have to kind of recognize when you're getting in your own way of showing up fully to life and living your life as fully as you can. And with senses alive, you know, seeing and hearing and tasting and touching and feeling. And that means that we also feel our pain and we also feel our grief when we lose someone. And we always, we have all those things. But it's about recognising that some points we need that and it serves us well because it allows us to process and it allows that to come out. But there also comes a time when it's no longer serving you well. And you have to take the steps to replace it with something different that serves you better, that allows you to live your life as fully as you can. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So where can people find your book then if they want to purchase yeah, it? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, if you head to amazon.co.uk.com um, on Amazon, you can ask any decent bookshop. They can get it in for you if they haven't already, Waterstones, wherever. They can buy signed copies direct from me, from my website, maureensharpest.com. I can gift wrap them. I can send them to a loved one for you with a personal message from me. Um, so yeah, really do a search online. I mean, most online book retailers have it as well. So but I say I would certainly head over to Amazon, head over to my website, maureensharpest.com or into Waterstones or any bookshop. And if they haven't got it, just ask them to order one. And let me know how you get on. (laughs) You know, if you read my book, there's also, you know, as well as my book, I have an online course which takes people deeper than my book. So we have the Unhackable Soul book. But then we also have the Unhackable Soul 30D online course, which takes people deeper. Um, and again, you can find out about that on my website, maureensharpers.com or at unhackablesouluniversity.com. And you can find out about my course there. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. That's, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have a look at that as well, actually. That sounds really yeah. interesting yeah. for sure. So is there anything else that you do want to discuss today? Oh, do you know, I just want anyone listening to this and anyone watching this to know that they have the resources within them to turn things around for themselves, to be able to rise from whatever darkness they may be in, whatever challenges they have, to get back up. They have it within them. And they're enough and they need to move into a deserving place because that was the difference that made the difference to me. I realised I deserved to be happy just as much as anyone who wasn't fully physically fit, you know, anybody that was physically fit and healthy, as much as anyone, you know, it was like I stepped into that place. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to live a full life. You know, it was like putting the lip gloss on for me. That was my first step of going, oh my goodness, putting value on you, girl. You deserve this. You know, you deserve more self-care, more better treatment of yourself. I still every morning I get up, high five myself in the mirror and go, you got it, girl. (laughs) So yeah, I would say anyone listening to this, step into the deserving place. If you are not happy at a real soul level, with the person you are being right now in the circumstances you're in, then you need to step into that place of seeing that you deserve better and that you have 
those tools within you. You have the power within you. So reach out to somebody that can help and support you, you know, and again, or just really, you know, work through my book or, you know, work with a coach, work with someone. Surround yourself with people who lift you up rather than pull you down and expand your world rather than restrict your world but expand it with things that spark the joy in you and allow you to get feel-good feelings because life can be difficult enough life can be really challenging and we're not in control of everything that happens but we are in control of how we respond to it and we are in control of looking really consciously at ourselves and going am I being the best person I can be right now Am I happy with the person I'm being right now within these circumstances? And taking that real ownership. And yeah, you need to tell yourself you can do it and you've got that. And take the steps to build self-belief and confidence and and know that you've got the power within you. We all do. Um, we all do. And we're all here with a role to play and learn. You know, there's learnings from everything, you know, the good and the bad. And about that real dig deep and really look at yourself and see, am I actually getting in my own way and holding myself back of actually crafting positive and meaningful change? And I think in all of what you just said, it is, you're right, it's so important to to realize your worth and to realize that you do deserve it because everyone deserves happiness. Um, And a lot of people think that they don't uh, or they don't see their worth. They don't see their value. And I think if you can at least start getting on steps towards feeling that or seeing that, then you are already a step in the right direction. And I would say use those little words up until now, you know, it's like up until now. I haven't seen my worth. Up until now, I haven't thought that I deserve that. And then as soon as you've gone the up until now, you've actually opened your mind to the possibility of having something else. So it's just up until now. Rather than this belief of, I don't deserve, I am not deserving. I don't feel that I'm just, you know, it's up until now. I haven't felt deserving. And then you're immediately going to start changing the way you feel. And your brain and your subconscious is going to start looking for ways and really working with you to actually find those ways of helping you see that you're deserving. And whether it's, you know, you put the lip gloss on or you put a clean jumper on or you go and lie in a bath or you buy a bunch of flowers or you write a letter to yourself. You know, it's that first step that matters. And then keeping them going, keeping those steps going, just one next best step at a time. Focusing on that brighter future and uh, knowing that you are enough and that you are deserving and you are worthy of it and worthy of living a good life. Yeah, I agree. You are enough and you're right. It's, it's, it's every step towards the right direction. And you know what? I'm going to start using up until now for a few different things. While you were talking about it, there were a few different things that were coming into my head. And I was like, hmm, I'm probably going to use that this afternoon exactly. now. Exactly. You've got to flip your back. You're going to insert up until now. They're incredible. You know, these simple mindset hacks are incredible, the power they have. 
Yeah. You know, language has power. The words you say to yourself are powerful. So you need to say things to yourself that are working in your favor and they're actually helping and serving you and not working against you. You know, that's that's really the key thing is listen to the words that you're saying to yourself. Listen to the words others are saying to yourself. Look at the inputs in your room around you in your environment. What is everything feeding you? And is it serving you well? Because if it's not, you need to start looking at how you can make those changes. I agree. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Absolutely. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. I've yeah, it's been wonderful. You. I've really, really enjoyed it. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for our conversation. And uh, yeah, and just keep up your amazing work with this podcast. Absolutely. The light in me honours and respects the light that's in you. Thank you, Maureen. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. So this week, think about the words you say that are negative. Think about how you can reverse your butts. I can't do this. I'm too tired. Okay, so let's try I'm too tired, but I'm going to do this anyway. Up until now, I wasn't good enough. Well, it sounds like that you're good enough now. You got this. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.